The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Man, let's just dive straight in here. Uh, We are going to jump into the first several verses in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Okay, we're going to move a little quicker through uh, 1 Samuel 3. Um, And let's read here, first 10 verses. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 2, and it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could barely see, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of the God was, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, "Here I am." So he ran to Eli, and he said, "Here I am, for you called me." And he said, "I did not call. Uh, Lie down again." And he went and he lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed in him. Reminder, Samuel was a little boy at this time. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Oh man, our friend Samuel, little boy Samuel, right? We had uh, learned last week, man, Samuel had gotten dropped off, right? His parents, Elkanah and Hannah, took the day's journey into uh, Shiloh where the tabernacle of the Lord was and they had dropped the boy off as promised, right? God, uh, Hannah had promised to God if she would, uh, if he would open up her womb, bear a male child, that she would dedicate him as a Nazarite or to be a servant of the king for all the days of his life, right? So they drop Samuel off, and here he is uh, ministering in the tabernacle, and he hears God calling him, Samuel, Samuel. And it's funny because he thinks it's Eli. (laughs) So he goes and he wakes, he hey, bro, you know. I like like that it says... um, um, that it, the, the, the oil in the tabernacle was, was fading or the, the light was getting dim. This means that it was in the morning time, right? They would light the, the lamp uh, in the tabernacle and they would go to bed and it would burn all night and in the morning it would kind of grow dim, right? So the Lord's waking Samuel up uh, in the morning and Samuel's waking Eli up. He's like, Man, I heard you call my name, right? Um, the, uh, it, I love though that it does say 
that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Like I know we talked about this two weeks ago, but man, the wickedness that existed in not just the world around them and the society around them, but there was wickedness within the tabernacle, right? And both of those are parallels to us today. Like there's wickedness in our society. Like it doesn't take uh, a genius to realize that the world is a bit upside down. Uh, whether it's culturally, politically, uh, what, whatever you have it. And so is, so is, too, is true with the church, right? There's a, excuse me, a lot of confusion within the church, a lot of confusion with different segments of Christianity, right? A lot of different belief systems within the umbrella of Christianity, right? And the truth is, in the scripture, we don't see a lot of diversity. We see one gospel, we see that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, that he rose from, uh, from the dead on the third day, and that he is at the right hand of the Father, and that we have eternity uh, in heaven. We have life eternal. We have a born-again experience through his blood. That's the gospel, right? And so, but it's, it's upside down. There's wickedness in the church. There's a gospel. There are other gospels that have been preached and that are being preached, Right? And thank God you won't hear those today. <laughs> you will hear the one gospel that the word of God speaks of. But, um, but the, word, the Lord, the word of the Lord, although it was rare in those days, Samuel was hearing the audible voice of God. He literally was hearing God himself say, Samuel, Samuel, right? And so my first point here is that God has spoken to man in a variety of ways throughout history. And so I'm going to do a little storytelling for us this morning, and I'm trusting that God uh, wants to say something to each of us this morning, myself included. And um, uh, we're going to do a little storytelling about the different ways that God has spoken to man throughout history. And we know this because it's recorded in God's word and the scriptures, right? And so um, the first way is through visions, okay? The visions are not dreams, they are different than dreams. Visions, you only primary difference is you're awake. When you receive a vision, you are awake, right? And so, um, and, and I'm in a tangible or a earthly example is like we get vision all the time, right? Like I'm awake, I'm driving on the road, and I'm envisioning, you know, uh, like a a certain hunt play out in a certain way, right? Like I love bow hunt, and I'm like, all right, man, I could see, I could see the deer coming out of the woods here, and I could see them kind of going through this grass and going out to eat over here, going by this pond. Like, I might, I, I could see myself setting up a stand right here with a north wind, you know, uh, and I'm going to come in on the east, and yeah, man, that's a good, you know, that's vision, right? I'm thinking, I'm awake, it's not a dream, there's not confusion, it's a vision, right? Same is true spiritually. Like, we think about um, Ezekiel, right? Like, man, if you going to hear about some vision, read Ezekiel, man. That dude had some vision, right? He sees the vision of the throne of God, right? With the cherubs going around the throne and the, uh, all the, the, the beasts with the heads and the wings. And like, it's a fascinating read, right? Um, and your imagery could just run wild in the vision that God had given to Ezekiel. I think of the prophet or uh, the uh, apostle John, right? The, uh, John is the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? Jesus declared he is the one whom I love, right? And John gave uh, his, Mary, uh, or Jesus gave Mary into John's hands while he was hanging on the cross, right? And so John had a high kingdom responsibility. But he, late in life, when John was an old man, he was exiled because of his 
faith in Jesus Christ to the island of Patmos, right? Uh, distant from the city. And he was given the vision to, to write and inspire the book of Revelation, right? The last book of the Bible. So we see several examples in scripture of how God spoke through vision, okay? Dreams. I love dreams, man. Uh, I wish Preston was here because him and I had a wild conversation on Friday night about dreams, man. Like, I have, I have some wild dreams. And some of them are awesome, but some of them are terrible. Like, have you ever had that dream where you wake up, like, just completely terrified? You're like, I mean, I, honestly, like, I mean, I don't have any control over my dreams, so I feel okay saying this. But I had a dream, like, a while back that I had cheated on my wife. And I woke up just, and I was freaked out, man. Like, I was so panicked. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like, what are you, do you, are you stupid? Like, I mean, and then I was like, I, you know, I saw Molly there, and I'm like, oh, my. I'm like, what a dumb dream. Like, that was, you know, I was kind of upset about it. I'm like, what was that, man? That was terrible, you know? But it was a dream. Um, but anyways, uh, the uh, dreams that we see in Scripture, like some famous ones, right, are, uh, I'm reminded of Pharaoh, uh, you know, Pharaoh of Egypt has this dream uh, in, uh, let's see, where, where is that? It's Genesis, right? Genesis 41. Uh, Joseph um, is asked to interpret this dream that Pharaoh had. Pharaoh had a dream that these cows, right? Seven, it says seven fat and good-looking cows come out of the Nile. You know, here they come, right? And right behind them are the seven skinny, ugly, maimed cows, Right? And the skinny cows ate the fat cows, you know? That's what it says. And like, Pharaoh is just like, what do I do with that, you know? And, and so he calls in Joseph, and he's like, man, I know that, that you have revelation from the Lord. Like, I need you to interpret this dream. And so um, dreams are always when we're asleep, and they always require an interpretation for them to be of spiritual value, okay? Like, I don't have, nobody's came and interpreted my stupid dream about my adulterous affairs in my dream, right? Nobody's came and said, bro, the Lord is speaking, you know? It's, it's of no value, right? It was just a dream, right? Um, this is of value because there is an interpretation. There is a now burden of the Lord upon Pharaoh. And so, uh, anyways, Joseph goes on to tell Pharaoh, hey, man, like, God, what God is saying is that the skinny cows are going to eat the fat cows, meaning you're going to have seven years of famine after seven years of abundance, right? And Joseph said, man, I'm going to warn you, if you enjoy and consume all of the abundance for those seven years, the, the good years, the fat cow years, when those skinny cow years come, dude, you're in trouble, you better put away a little something in the storehouse during those seven years so that you and your people make it for those seven years of famine. And the famine was a judgment upon the nation of Egypt for their wickedness, okay? I'm reminded of Nebuchadnezzar, right? King Nebuchadnezzar, the famous monarch of Babylon, right? He had a dream. He had a dream, and I'm going to summarize very briefly. I wish I could spend all morning teaching through the book of Daniel with you guys, but I can't. But Daniel, or, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had two dreams, very famous dreams. One was he, uh, there was an image, right? An image that was made of, 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 of different materials, right? Bronze, iron, clay, uh, etc. And this image was raised up and it said a stone cut without human hands came and smote the image. And King Nebuchadnezzar was like, that can't be good. 
you know? And so, and he's looking for answers from this dream. Anyways, he called, uh, uh, they end up bringing Daniel to interpret the dream for him. And Daniel says, King, the Lord says that the image is you. It is your kingdom. There will be other kingdoms that come after you that are weaker than you that will destroy you. Like your kingdom will not reign forever, God's will, right? And so Nebuchadnezzar, in fact, in that moment was not humbled. He continued in wickedness. God gave him a second dream. This tree, massive tree grows up. Man, I, I kind of picture a bur oak. I love bur oaks. I don't know if you guys are tree nuts out there. I'm kind of a kind of a tree nerd, you know, I like, but bur oaks, man, they produce massive acorns, big shells on the outside, and deer love them, you know, so I do too, and, uh, but bur oaks, man, they produce big branches, real wide, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of, in my head, I'm picturing that Nebuchadnezzar's dreaming about a bur oak, right, and this thing's real old, 200-year-old bur oak, and it's got big acorns all over. It's fruitful. The birds of the air are, are uh, feeding in it. The beasts of the field are underneath it. They're all enjoying the pleasures of this tree. And God comes to Nebuchadnezzar in the dream, and he says, strike it down with the lightning. Cut it down. Tear it up into pieces and ship it out. And may all the birds and animals and everything flee from under the tree. And Nebuchadnezzar again is like, that can't be good. <laughs> right? And Daniel interprets the dream for him, right? And he says, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, are that tree. You have grown up and people have enjoyed the abundance of your Babylonian kingdom, but it will be smote down. And in fact, it says that for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar, you will be as a beast of the field. And the word of God says that he literally grew hair like the feathers of an eagle. He grew claws like that of a bird and he ate of the grass of the field for seven years. Daniel fed the dude water or gave him water to drink. Like that's incredible, man. What an amazing story. And so that, folks, is a bad dream. Okay, that thing came true, right? But anyways, God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar through dreams. And, I, uh, you know, what I love, though, is the book of Daniel, man. Does anybody know what Daniel's name in Scripture is? I'm looking at Daniel Washburn. Belteshazzar. Like, that's a sweet name, dude. So Daniel Washburn is my friend's name back here. If your name scripturally was Belteshazzar Washburn, Dude, yeah, that sounds awesome, man. That sounds like an incredible man of God. <laughs> Belteshazzar. Anyway, I love that name, man. What, what a cool name. There's no way my wife will let that fly with our newborn, but anyway. Um, okay, so we talked about visions. We talked about dreams. The audible voice of God, right? We've heard the audible voice of the Lord in Scripture before, right? Where... Um, uh, obviously, we, Samuel, this is, the experience that Samuel was having was the audible voice of God. Uh, the uh, Jesus' baptism, right? They heard the audible voice of God come down and say, Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The voice of God was heard by all of those who experienced Jesus' baptism, right? And so I do believe strongly the audible voice of God is applicable today. I personally have not heard the audible voice of God. I personally have not experienced a dream, certainly to the caliber of Nebuchadnezzar or anything, you know, that I felt like was completely of the Lord. I have been given vision, you know? I mean, I certainly have not had vision of the throne room of God. I wish, like, that would be incredible. Um, but nonetheless, like, so be it, right? 
but the Lord still speaks to me. He still speaks to us, and we'll get into more of that in a second. The audible voice of the Lord, I'm reminded of uh, Saul, right? Our, our, our good brother Saul, who became Paul, right? But this, the Spirit of God came down in an audible voice and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, man? Like he was sent out by the Romans to kill the Christians. And the audible voice of, of the Lord came to Saul, who became Paul, and turn his life around, right? And so God was speaking to him. I'm, I'm reminded of the still, small voice. This is another way that God speaks to us. This, I call it the still, small voice of the Lord, okay? And this is like the spirit bearing, uh, where it says in Romans 8, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, right? So God, the, like, you ever wonder, uh, Bethany, for example, she heard the still small voice of the Lord when the Lord said, I want you to get baptized, right? So she's like, okay, Lord. You know, that's the still small voice of the Lord. It's, a lot of times it can be your conscience at work. But what it does require is some discernment. The, the still small voice of the Lord is unique in the sense that it requires you to talk to Jesus about it. You know, like, okay, am I supposed, you know, do I take this new job or not? Am, do I, am I supposed to date this girl or not? Am I supposed to do this or that? You, some, sometimes it's thoughts, sometimes it's not. But like in Romans, it says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And so your job is to make sure the two are connecting, then the Lord is speaking, right? Jeremiah, man, I love this. In Jeremiah 32, you guys know, uh, many of you know that I'm in the land business. I sell farms, I sell hunting ground, and uh, it, I was really encouraged to be reading in Jeremiah verse chapter 32, Jeremiah buys himself a piece of property. I was like, sweet, man. Well, I like when land deals, you know, show up in the word, man. That's pretty cool. There's been several of them, actually, but this one uh, is really unique, and it's an example of how uh, Jeremiah is giving us an example of how the still small voice of the Lord works. And uh, so Samuel, uh, somebody comes to Samuel and says, hey, man, I think you should buy this piece of property over here. Got a pretty fruitful piece of ground. It's got citrus trees and stuff on it. Man, the place looks killer. You know, it's a killer farm. He's like, yeah, all right, man, I might buy that farm. You know, it says he, he contemplated it. Like, yeah, okay. Um, but it also says that he was unsure. Like, he didn't know. He just thought about it. He didn't know that it was of the Lord. Well, it says the next day, his cousin came to him and said, hey, man, I actually found out this is my uncle's property. I'm the heir to the property. I'm basically going to let this thing go for a smoking deal, dude. And the Lord has said, you need to buy this property, Jeremiah. And it says, I perceived that that was the Lord. I bought the property and signed the deed. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty awesome, man. Signed the deed, right? I mean, that was way back in the day. But Jeremiah bought himself a piece of ground, right? And, uh, but he did it through confirmation. When you're hearing the still small voice of the Lord, when something comes to your mind and you are a Christian and you know that the spirit of God dwells within you as it's promised in scripture, when things come to you, you check them with what, like with a piece of confirmation. Has the Lord either confirmed that, what you're feeling or thinking, somewhere else in his word, as he so often will do, or has someone that you believe to be sent by the Lord or spoken of from the Lord or whatever, have they confirmed? Just ask for pieces of confirmation on things that you're thinking about, and you will hear from the Lord in that way. 
Two more, so we've gone over dreams, visions, uh, the still small voice of the Lord. No, we missed one, didn't we? Visions, dreams, the audible voice, the still small voice. Two more, nature. God speaks to us in nature. Man, I hear this all the time from like skeptics and cynics are like, oh man, I don't believe in the, you know, in the, the gospel. Like, you know, what about the tribe and aborigine? You're like, okay, man. First of all, the word of God promises us that the heavens declare his handiwork, right? The firmaments proclaim his praise. Like, declare, proclaim, like, that is communicative language, right? God speaks to us through nature. And so, I will warn you guys though, some people, I see on Facebook and stuff like, people posting a picture of the beach, you know, with an umbrella drink, and they're like, this is my church. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous, right? That is not your church, that's an umbrella drink and the beach. You know, and praise the Lord, man, you're relaxing, having a good time, but your, your church is your local church, right? This, indeed, is your church. So I, oh, man, I get a laugh out of that. But I do pray for those people because that's pathetic. It really is. You will not grow. You're not hearing the voice of God if you think the beach is your church. Uh, okay. Uh, the last way is his word. The word of God. Is that a surprise to anybody in this room, man? The word, like the beloved word of God, the inspired scriptures, the word that the Lord has given us from the beginning, right? In the gospel of John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, right? Like Jesus Christ is the word of God and he speaks. God spoke the world into existence, right? And so uh, God communicates through his word, and that brings me to point number two. The Bible is God's word speaking directly to you. If you've never had a vision, if you've not heard the audible voice of the Lord, if you're not sure about that still small voice, like if you're not sure how to discern the spirit of God moving within you, if you're not sure about the nature thing, uh, you can rest assured God is speaking to you through his word. And that is super important. If you're ever in a place in your life where you're like, I don't know, man, I'm not sure if God's speaking to me. He is. He already has. And he has from the beginning. It is in his word. This is how he speaks to you. Jesus himself said, you cannot bear any fruit. Like he, he refers to us as a branch from the vine, right? Jesus is the vine, we are the branch, and his kingdom is the fruit, right? And we cannot bear any fruit. We cannot do anything of any value to the kingdom of God unless we abide in the vine, unless we spend time with Jesus. How do you spend time with Jesus? You get in the word. I know that's preached like every Sunday, but it never gets old because that is the recipe for our spiritual success. And so, uh, a few things. God will never lead you into anything apart from his word. Never. God will not make exceptions for you for things that are already spoken of in, your wor in his word. Like, if you are in a relationship and you are unmarried, you do not need to pray about whether the Lord wants you guys to sleep together or not. It's already been spoken for, okay? Don't pray about that. You're wasting your time. He's already spoken it, 
okay? So don't pray things that God's already spoken on. Rather, be in the word, know the word, and yield to the word. That's how you will grow in Christ, okay? Uh, uh, Let's see, what else here? Let's jump right into point three, because I I know y'all are getting hungry. Point three, we communicate, okay, yeah, we communicate back to God through prayer. Like, is that a surprise to anybody in the room? No. But man, like, I was kind of, it blew my mind a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Like, that is really the only way that we communicate back to God is through prayer. And I'm like, blown away. I'm like, man, God has gone to extremes. He's always knocking on our door. Dreams, visions, the audible voice, his word. I mean, like, God is doing his part in our relationship. Like, a relationship requires communication, right? I mean, anybody in this room that's been in any kind of relationship, especially a marriage, knows that a marriage will suck without good communication, right? And so, so, so too is true is your relationship with Jesus. It will suck if you don't talk to him. But he's always doing his part. He's always speaking to you. He is always has something to say for you. He always has a word of encouragement. He always has a word of truth. He always has a, uh, a divine guidance for you. It's right here. And so let that be a challenge and an encouragement to you that God is always doing his part. Are you doing yours? Do you pray and talk to God? Prayer, effective prayer is simply talking to God. Do you talk to him? Or do you just like, think about him? I mean, that's good. Or do you really have no relationship, no communication with God at all? If so, I would promise and make an assumption, your life spiritually is pretty dry. And so if your life is dry, do your part. The Lord has already done his. Let me make that easy for you. And man, your life will start to bear fruit. You will start to abide in the vine and the kingdom of God will start to break out in your life and you will be encouraged and you will come back to church a few weeks later and go, I'm not dry anymore. I've spent time with Jesus, right? Uh, And praise the Lord for that. So the big idea here, communication is essential for any relationship to survive. We just went over that. But what relationship is more important in life than with the one who created you and died for you. Like I am, I am repeatedly blown away by like what Jesus has done for me, what he has done for us. And I'm equally blown away by how easy it is even for a man devoted unto the Lord to just care about so many other things other than Jesus. Like, I love the Lord, man. I love Jesus so much. Like, I would, not, I would not be here if I didn't. But I am so reminded of how weak the flesh really is. Like, how consumed I can be in so many other things in life than I, than I can be with just Jesus. Like, my Lord, my Savior, my friend. And um, so I, 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 want to, I want to challenge you and, and encourage you guys with that. Um, and, and this message, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it short, man. We'll, we'll wrap it up tight. Um, it's just think of your time with God, it, you know, in a relational, from a relational perspective. Just think about how much he's doing 
to seek out you, what are you doing to seek out him or even just receive his communication? He's always knocking at the door. Like Jesus said, behold, I am knocking. Just those who will let me in, I will sit with you and rest a while. Like that's all abiding with the Lord is. Is like Preston actually said this to me the other day and I kind of enjoyed that. He referred to that scripture and I don't have it with me today, but I know it's in there. And he said, he said, Preston said, sometimes, man, when I go to get in the word, we were having a discipleship-based conversation. Preston said, sometimes when I get in the word, I just, I say, Lord, I know that you're knocking. And so I'm going to get in the word so that I'm just going to open the door. I'm just going to let you in. I don't know. I don't know what you have for me today, Lord. I don't know exactly what your word is going to say to me. I don't know uh, exactly if I'm hearing your voice correctly or this or that, right? That's just part of our sin nature. But I love that, that imagery of, man, G- Scripture says Jesus is always knocking. He's always, it's right there, like, yoo-hoo, you know? I kind of made me think of Tommy Boy. Y'all seen Tommy Boy? Raise your hand if you've seen Tommy Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's knocking on the door, right? He, oh, what does he say? Richard, Richard, you know? You want Blakey? You, you want me fluff your pillow? You know? It's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, gee, I feel like Jesus is like that, though. He's joyfully knocking. He's like, hey, bro, like, let me in, man. Like, I want to help you with that thing you're struggling with at work. Hey, man, I want get to get right in there in, that, in your marriage, man, in your relationship. Hey, dude, that sin's kind of beating you up, man, and the devil is using it to exploit his purposes. I want to help you out with that. He's always knocking. You just let him in, man. Just open the door. It starts in the word and in prayer. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.